Welcome to No Things Considered, podcast number two. And uh, I, I have to start by apologizing again for yesterday's podcast because the sound, and God bless everyone who listened to it and downloaded it, the sound on that thing, I had forgotten to turn on this fancy microphone, this guy right here. And so it was recording literally directly onto my computer, which for those of you playing along at home, sounds like crap and sounds a lot worse. My voice is pretty bad to begin with, but it makes it sound a hell of a lot worse when it's on a computer directly. So, by the way, my name's Tim Young, and you can follow me on Tim Runs His Mouth. You probably already know that, though, but I just have to get that out. Yesterday, we talked about debate number one with the Democrats. If you didn't hear that one, you can tune in, listen to it. It sounds like I'm literally in the middle of a room somewhere like I am now, but a way, way worse. Today, I wanted to talk about Democrat debate two. And the thing about Democrat debate two was it was boring. It was probably the most boring thing I've seen on TV in a while. And I was drinking and I was bored. And that's really, that's rough. I mean, luckily I also made a huge thing of nachos. And like, so it was a buddy of mine and I hanging out watching debate number two, hoping to dunk on it, hoping to have some really good live tweeting uh, numbers and just kind of really pop off some jokes. And there just really wasn't much to work with. The first one was a real clown show. You had Cory Booker and Beto. I think Beto's perpetually high. And Cory Booker is like that guy that always says that he's vegan and you're just annoyed by. And these two are trying to out-Spanish each other the entire time. So you have that. You had just, it was just clowny in the first debate. So the second one, everyone watched that. They got a little bit more reserved and it was just so boring to watch. It was painful to watch. It starts with Bernie Sanders, of course, saying that he's going to raise taxes on everyone. He tried to avoid the question until Savannah Guthrie hit him with it. And of course he's going to raise taxes on everyone. Things don't pay for themselves. Every time you hear a Democrat say that there's a handout, that just means it's going to cost money to an American citizen. You. you the money's going to come out of your pocket. And as we learned last night, it's going to go to illegal immigrants because they're going to get health care coverage. Uh, everyone on stage raised their hands that they would give free health care coverage to illegal immigrants. You know, it, it just seems to me that it would, it would be better if I like renounced my American citizenship, jumped across the border, and then illegally came back. I think I could do a lot better financially. I could keep doing the podcast and, well, I might have to get like a visa for my TV stuff. That won't be difficult. So I'm going to work this out while I'm talking to you right now. But it, it just seems like it's better off to be an illegal immigrant. You get more f free things. And, you know, you, you, I, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Things, that's why it needs to be Americans first. And when I saw everyone say that they're going to give free health care to illegal immigrants who have done nothing and, and not even followed the, the legal way to get to this country. They started coming into America by breaking law. I think Democrats cost themselves the election last night. I think that was the moment that Donald Trump won that, that, the entire election, at least over those 10 candidates. I don't know if any of the candidates of the 20 right now could beat him, or the 245, actually. There's some that actually aren't in the debates that could beat him. But let's talk about a couple of the highlights of this very, very boring, incredibly boring, I painfully boring second debate last night. I think it's funny, every time Pete Buttigieg talks, his very first answer, I forget even what it was about. The question was something about healthcare. I don't even know what it, it was so just forgettable. The only thing I remember was that he mentioned his husband in the first five seconds of his answer. He has to remind everyone of his demographic. As soon as he, as soon as he starts, it's the demographic game. And speaking of the demographic game, later on, somebody had mentioned uh, racial inequality, or I forget exactly what it was, was, race, and Kamala Harris has to weigh in immediately. As soon as she hears race, that's her time. She gets the rest of the debate to respond. 
it, it was just it, demographic game. It was so like stereotypical of everything that was going on and everything that's been going on with these guys. They're like caricatures of themselves. Bernie Sanders wants handouts. He's going to raise tax. Joe Biden had to answer questions about race, but then didn't answer anything about Hunter or any of the illegal deals with China. All the hard-hitting questions there from, you know, when, you're, when your debate moderators are um, Rachel Maddow and, and people who pre-show and post-show, I don't know if you guys tuned in to watch it, probably not because you're smarter. If you're watching MSNBC, you're watching this, and before the show, all they did was yell Trump man, uh, Trump, orange man bad lines. The entire time. It was just orange man bad, orange man bad, orange man bad. He's a sexual harasser. He says bad things. He's nasty. He's terrible for the country. He's a Putin puppet, I think I heard at one point too, somewhere in the middle of all of this. That was the pre-commentary and how everyone on stage tonight was a hero and they were all going to save us all. And then afterwards, it was the same thing. MSNBC isn't even pretending to be non-biased. At least CNN puts on a decent show. I mean, you know what you're going to get from them. But there wasn't one pro-Trump or one even remotely Republican commentator of anyone on MSNBC last night when you're watching this. There, it was a pretty forgettable debate. I, you know, there was a little fight between Kamala and Biden, whatever. I think I tweeted something like, you know, if she's getting a little heated, maybe he should go rub her shoulders and calm her down. There was a moment when Pete Buttigieg and uh, Eric Swalwell, poor Eric Swalwell, by the way, Eric Swalwell just looks like a guy who cries himself to sleep every night. He just seems like a guy who's like, hey, pick on me, pick on me. You know the kid in, in middle school, pick on me, pick on me. I can handle it. And as soon as you say something bad about him, he cries. That's what he looks like. He just cries. But he tried to pick a fight with Pete Buttigieg. And I thought for a moment they were in love. I, he, I saw the way that Swalwell longingly looked at Pete Buttigieg. And I was like, that, those guys, at least Swalwell, met the love of his life. He didn't even realize it before that debate. But five candidates away... He's in love with Pete Buttigieg. But other than that, there was only one person who stood out to me. One. I, there were even people on stage. I think Bennett. I don't even know who Bennett is. I still couldn't pull him out of a lineup. One person stood out to me. One candidate. Because she made sense for like a second. And it's Marianne Williamson. I, I just never thought that I would be positive about Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson last night said something that made sense. And, it, it, and she tried to stop the Democrats on stage from what they were doing. And she said, listen, oh, by the way, it, the microphone is a great microphone. And if you hear construction outside, it's because everything in Washington, D.C. is construction. She said something to Democrats. She said that Donald Trump got elected on the basic message of make America great again. Granted, there's policy with it, and I'm, I'm sure that's what she meant by it, although she is kind of nutty. But she said a lot of the things that were being said on stage aren't what Americans want to hear, and Democrats need to change if they want to win. Well, that was it for her, because that actually kind of made sense. You have a base message like make America great again, or I'll, I'll give him credit, hope or change. You have a couple of policies to go with it. I actually don't remember Obama having policies to go with hope or change other than Obamacare. Donald Trump had five or six policies. You could go right down the line. He's checked off a few of them already, actually most of them already. But Marianne Williamson warned the Democrats on stage about that. And her name was, I believe, the most searched on Google after the debate. She made the most sense. Unfortunately, her tweets in the past 
are insane. And she's not, she may not be quite, she's a few fries short of a Happy Meal. We'll just put it that way. She seems like your like single divorcee aunt who has started a health kick and might have a few cats. But I want to read you, and I'm going to pull this up, a couple of her tweets. These are amazing. They're, some of them are over 10 years old or very close to it. Marianne Williamson, this is her, uh, in 2012, she says, Each of us is pregnant with a better version of ourselves. Okay, that's a little weird. It's a little funny. This is one that I thought was interesting. So these are all pulled out. This I'm looking at the Daily Beast right now, which, you know, not, not exactly the most unbiased organization themselves. But I'm taking a look at this. They, they pulled out this tweet. I thought, this one's actually not terrible. It's, uh, you're a lamp, God is the electricity. You're the faucet, God is the water. You're a human, God is the divine within you. Allow, allow, the, fl- allow the flow. I can almost read that. That's not bad. That one's not terrible, but there's other ones. Uh, let's, all, let, let's all of us give birth to more love in the world today than tomorrow too, and then the day after that. And that was actually what she said. That nutty tweet is, is literally what she said. That's how they're going to beat Trump is with love. And it's like, um, what do you guys, Care Bears? Like, I don't understand... How this works? Are you going to hug him? That would be sexual assault, by the way. He would not welcome that. But I, 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 let's keep going into this. This is the best one. If you want a simple explanation for what's happening in America, watch Avatar again. That's Marianne Williamson. She loves that Avatar. She actually at one point went on a rant. I think there was a tweet or two about how it should have won the Academy Award. That alone is enough to disqualify her to run for president in my head, but, uh, you know. Uh, let's, let's read some more here. There's a bunch of these. Visualize the oil spill plugged. Close your eyes for five minutes and see angels coming over it, filling it with sane and sacred thoughts. It's an actual, I think she was talking about uh, the oil spill in uh, Louisiana with that one. It's a little nutty. Just beneath the surface, this isn't politics, it's black magic. Entirely a psychic battle. Use your shield of virtue and your sword of truth. These are tweets from Mary Williams. Listen, she's a little nutty. Again, I'd write her off for thinking Avatar deserved any kind of Academy Award. But compared to the other 19, is she that bad? She seems like she, she likes America. That's step one. Uh, she's not somebody who's taken dirty money from anybody. She's not somebody whose son or daughter has taken money from a foreign entity, uh, uh, an enemy of America, to the tune of $1.5 billion. She's not somebody who's been attached to any administration or anything that's locked up and mass incarcerated people for small crimes. That's a Kamala Harris and Joe Biden reference. She's, she is probably one of the better candidates albeit I don't agree with anything she says, and she's a nut, compared to the rest of the pile of what the Democrats are offering. And that, that speaks very highly, or very lowly, rather, of everything that's going on in this election. There's just no way the Democrats can win this thing. I, I don't know who they, who they bring up who could run for president right now that could beat Donald Trump. And there are so many people who are like, oh, well, no, Kamala's going to do it or, or Biden or what. No, I, it's just not going to happen. There's no motivation there. These people, these, these debates were clowny. They're clowny. And you have to remember the people who are running the debates live in and speak to themselves in a bubble. 
So the candidates talk to them, they talk to them themselves, they, these reporters and journalists, quote unquote, that are running these things, they talk amongst themselves, they stay in their bubbles, and they don't realize what the rest of the country is doing. So sure, the Democratic candidates are going to win in Los Angeles County, New York City, Boston, Seattle, LA, I said LA already, San Francisco, all of these, all of these places. Denver, but nowhere else, literally nowhere else. They will win in media hubs and that's it. And that's the way it's been for a very long time, but I don't even think they'll be able to turn out the numbers in media hubs. And I guarantee you before the end of this, I don't think Bernie Sanders drops out of this race. I think he keeps going and keeps going unless he's incorporated as vice president. He won't be incorporated as vice president, so they're going to pull him out. He's going to run on his own, or someone very close to him is going to run. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is going to back that person, and that's going to divide the Democratic Party worse than ever before. The country ends up being almost completely red. Donald Trump walks right back into the White House. That's exactly what's going to happen. Clock it. Bank it. I can't imagine another scenario. That's why they're already making excuses. And speaking of excuses, by the way, at the G20 summit, everyone kept pushing. There's, there was this outrage again. A thousand times this outrage has happened in, in America where they're like, oh, Donald Trump won't tell Vladimir Putin not to meddle in our election. He won't do it because he's a Putin puppet, because Putin owns him, because of Compromat, because of all these other things. So Donald Trump is sitting with a public meeting with Vladimir Putin in front of a bunch of media. And somebody from the media goes, Donald Trump, are you going to tell Vladimir Putin not to meddle in the election? And Trump looks at the person and goes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll do it. And he turns to Vladimir Putin and goes, hey, don't, hey, don't meddle in the election. And then he stops and he points at him a second time and goes, don't, don't meddle in the election. And Putin laughs. Listen, w America meddles in elections. All, all other countries meddle in our elections. Everybody is involved in everybody's elections in the world. You can't convince me otherwise. They, Russia bought social media ads. Russia tried to do things to divide us. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But they didn't convince 62 million people to vote. And they didn't win over any states with what they did. Additionally, what difference does it make if Donald Trump says to Vladimir Putin directly, as they blew it off, don't meddle in the election? it's not going to be enough. The, the media kept screaming this whole week, they, he won't tell them not to meddle in the election. And so he just did. He did. And what difference will that make? Not to sound like Hillary Clinton in the Benghazi hearings. It won't make any difference. And the outrage will continue and they'll pick something else to say. Something else to focus on. Donald Trump is owned by Russia. Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Which, by the way, has been pretty quiet since the Mueller report showed that there was zero Russian collusion. Unless you're wearing a tinfoil hat and can pull out random letters that spell out Russian collusion in your head. So that's where we are. Yesterday, you have another terrible 10 candidates get on stage. Marianne Williamson, who's probably the nuttiest one, not just because she loves Avatar. She's probably the nuttiest one. Sounded the sanest. And the rest of them were just barking talking points. Oh, and before I go, I should get myself in trouble with this one. The fake emotion about the kids on the border being detained that have been detained, and, and this was an Obama policy, the fake emotion 
when the reporter asked the question or whoever the moderator was, and he wanted to sound like he was choked up when he was asking the question. They were focusing, the question for, was for Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris, you guys can call me crazy. She looked like, if anybody's ever taken an acting class, she looked like she was trying to make herself cry. Like she was going to a place in her head and focusing. She just had this look on her face. And she's looking out, and she's, it just looked like she's trying to make herself cry and choke herself up for the, for the response. You can't convince me. And don't get me wrong. What's happening at the border is terrible, you know, with, with people dying trying to come here. And that's why if there's, in my mind, if there's a wall, people won't come here. If there's actual immigration reform, people won't try to come here in, in mass like this. But as a politician, as a reporter who has seen all of this stuff in way worse, and trust me, as a prosecutor, she has seen way worse stuff. Awful things, horrible things. You're kind of numb to it. I've seen way worse stuff. And it's terrible, and it, and it hurts you when you see these things. But just talking about it, talking about the border, talking about kids being put in detention centers and things like that, look, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thought, but ain't nobody crying about it. And that's why, and there's cars going by, and that's why when I hear this and when I see this and I saw her like going to a place in her mind, I want you to, if you think I'm crazy, which you might, that's fine, go back and take a look at the debate and look at her face when he asks her that question. I don't even know when it was. If, I dare you to go back and try to sort through the debate. But just look at her face. She kind of spaces out and it looks like she's trying to focus on something. And it's because she's gone to acting class, I guarantee you. Because that's what they do in acting class when they're trying to teach you how to cry. You, you take your mind somewhere and you focus on something. And you try to get yourself worked up to get a couple of tears out. Bad actors show it. Good actors don't. I just want you to take a look at it. She didn't cry. But it just looked like she was trying. And like I said... Look, it's terrible. The things at the border are terrible. But I've seen worse, and a lot of other people have seen worse, especially, quote-unquote, journalists, especially a prosecutor. And you're just kind of numb to it, especially when you're hit with that question all the time, over and over and over again, and you're seeing this over and over and over again. It's hard to believe that you would cry on the spot in a high-pressure situation like a debate, the first presidential debate that you've been in. And it's hard to believe that a journalist merely asking a question sounds like he's getting choked up. It's real hard to believe. Is that enough conspiracy for you guys now? Podcast two, I'm already on to crazy things. Crazy thoughts. But I just wanted you to take a look at it because it just did not seem authentic at all to me. Absolutely insane. So there you have it. Debate number two, Donald Trump telling Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump telling Vladimir, I can say this, I honest, I, I can Donald Trump telling Vladimir Putin not to meddle in the election because that's what the that's what the media demanded. He did it. He caved. Donald Trump caved. He did exactly what they wanted. And you tell me whether or not there was actual emotion in the Democratic debate. Call me crazy. You can. It's fine. I'm not, though. I'm not. You're listening to the No Thanks Considered podcast. My name is Tim Young. Follow me on Twitter at Tim Runs His Mouth. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends, please. If you like it, hit the little heart. We can make this trend. I think there's a lot of things we can do here. 
And I think the podcast is going to grow as we keep going on. So thank you guys for listening. Share it with your friends. I hope you have a great weekend or whatever you're doing. And uh, just make sure you're paying attention to all the news. And when you don't, I will give you my very, very, very biased opinion about it. Thanks so much. No Things Considered podcast and nothingsconsidered.com. You can just go right to it. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you soon.